0: This show was meant to come out at the end of the summer. However, events caught up with us, delaying the team from undertaking their normal duties. Quite simply, we got caught in the queue. Now, not the one for her late majesty, the one to get our credentials when we found out we are part of the anti-growth coalition. Who'd have thought it? We finally have our cards though, and we got them just in time to see Liz Truss thrown out for being our secret leader. That's a long story and for another time. So without any further delay, let's go straight into the show. Welcome to At The Flicks. Now the nights are drawing in autumn. What better time to catch up with all those shows you missed during the summer because the heat wave was too good to miss? What better time indeed to bask in the glow of an old or even new series? Because let's face it, there'll be no other glow from your overpriced central heat in this winter. (laughs) Anyway, let's catch up what's going on. Let's talk to a man who knows. Deck, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me again. Hey, no problem. Ah, no, and I'd I best introduce Neil as a new member because we hardly see him these days. How are you doing, Neil? <laughs> Very well, thank you, Jeff. Good, thank you for asking. Good. But before we start the show, Deck, your lad, Archie, you of course, has uh, got a show with us on the Blue Flash, which, by the way, I see
1: on the train going into Cardiff most times now. He's had a busy summer. What's he been up to? He's had a very busy summer. So he's concentrated on sound. The year above him and the master's students, so the year above that, struggled to find students that specialise in sound. So he's been not only doing his usual coursework, but he's been helping out all their films and final year films or master films. Even the lecturers, who a lot of them work in the film industry, have recruited him because they've heard he's good and he's got a good reputation. They've recruited to help out on films. Brilliant. One of the lecturers worked on the recent Barbie film and he got invited along to help on his latest thing that he was working on. That's been really good. He's also managed to get signed up by the BBC for some, uh, his unpaid work, um, but it would be good for his experience. So he's doing a few things with the BBC over the summer break. Brilliant. Ooh, that's, that's very good. Yeah. So it's all all happening, all very exciting. I even went to a film premiere in Cardiff over the summer, one of the third-year students decided to hire a cinema in Cardiff to huh. show their film, of which Archie did the sound on. And uh, <laughs> we went down on the train and, uh, and watched it. That's when the trains yeah. were running, obviously. But, yeah, we went down and yeah. went down and watched it. And it was, yeah, it was good fun.
0: Did you enjoy the summer heatwave deck, or were you in watching TV?
1: <laughs> um, sacrificing yourself for us. Uh, yeah, well, the thing is, when it got too hot, you couldn't go outside so your no. only option was to watch tv really because it, yeah. it was rather than it being too cold it was actually too hot to go outside after about midday so yes so we watched a lot then and whilst eating ice creams and drinking cold drinks but yes so we watched a fair bit i think given recent events around the world we're watching more comedy i think more light hearted stuff and less, less dark stuff because it's just the, the real life is just too miserable anyway. So we have definitely watched more light-hearted stuff this, this last sort of quarter.
0: So with what you've been watching then, and obviously people might be looking forward to that to catch up in the autumn, what do you recommend, Dick?
1: If I start with the BBC, mainly because if you've got a licence f- fee, this is completely free. So it's a good place to start if you're looking for stuff to watch. I had a mixture, as I normally do on the BBC. Comedy-wise... I watched the second series of Outlaws, which basically continued from the first series. Same characters, it's just, it was almost like it could have been just one series split into two. Not quite as good as the first series, but if you enjoyed the first series of Outlaws, which I recommended in a previous podcast, then I would recommend watching the second series because it's much of the same again. Um, It's the
2: Stephen Merchant thing, isn't it? Yeah, the
1: Stephen Merchant thing, yeah. And he is definitely the highlight of the programme because his character is just hilarious. But yeah, more intrigue on the streets of Bristol and the community centre. Watchable and enjoyable. Is
0: Christopher Walken
1: back in it? Yeah, he's still in it. I think they filmed it all in one go. It looks like they filmed it all and then just split it into two series. And imagine he probably didn't come back for the second series. I guess they just recorded it all in one go. Good cast, entertaining enough. One of my favourite series returned for a fifth series, which is the little Scottish one called Two Doors Down. It's in its fifth series now, so I've got to know the characters really well. I still find them, their personalities funny. My favourite character is Christine, the neighbour, who basically just says it as it is. You know, even when it's not appropriate to say, so she just says it as it is, and um, it always gets me I always get to like her already. Yeah. I honestly think you would like this, Jeff, Two Doors Down, if you haven't seen it. And like I say, there's five series now to watch. I've watched all five of them. It is getting predictable because I have I know the characters inside out, but it's still funny and it still makes me laugh. I still think it's one of the best written comedies on the BBC. So, and you've got five series worth. So if you haven't, dip your toe in and see if you like it. All, all five series on iPlayer? Yep, yeah, all five series on iPlayer.
0: Okay. I think I'll give that a go. I, I like the sound
1: of politically incorrect people. Uh, hmm. I think you would. Li- I honestly do think you would like it, Jeff. I do think you would. You might identify with a couple of the characters as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, another couple of silly ones. But um, I watched the second series of the other one. This is very silly fun. First series was a girl's dad dies and she finds out that she's got a sister. Because he's been having an affair with this, he's been living two lives basically. And so he's had two wives and he's got two daughters and he's actually called them the same name, which is quite funny. But the first series was hilarious. The second series, again, uh, they they introduce another, a brother now, a long lost brother that's from, supposedly from another wife. Um, And it gets a bit sillier because they're just, they're sort of extending the same again, but they are very caricatures of people. So they're not, they're not, I can't believe people like this actually exist, but maybe they do, but they're sort of, They've turned the volume up on the characters and it does make it silly and again it's escapism. So if you want a bit of escapism and, and just laugh then and it's called the other one. So and yes, I'd recommend that as well if you want some lighthearted fun. And then the other one that was a new series, co-written by Romish Ragnanathan, who's on I know he's on everything at the moment and he's both those. But I actually think this is quite good because rather than it being some of his reality stuff he's done or or his his holiday trips he's done. This is actually co-written, which isn't means it isn't just written by him. He stars in it as well. But I do actually like it because his character is quite annoying to start with. And so you have to stick with it because you start off and he is irritating because he's quite annoying. But actually you do grow to sort of like him. He's he's just got no confidence, totally inadequate. And his, his voice sort of splits up with him right at the start and he's trying to ignore, it's called avoidance. Right, Jonathan, I'm going to say this one final time. It is over. We're here for you. We're not. You must realise how impossible you are to live with.
3: I'm not that bad.
1: They get your order on pretty much every day.
0: I know, that's exactly why I can't tell them, because then they'll know I've never mentioned it.
1: How about you come up with a solution to the problem that was completely your doing?
0: Okay, and what if I absolutely don't want to do that? So his wife has left him and he's not believing it, is that what you're saying? Well, he's
1: sort of just avoiding the topic. There's only six episodes, so it's quite short, but He doesn't like conflict, so he just avoids situations. And actually, it makes it worse, and it makes it funnier. He puts his foot in it all the time with his son. (laughs) Um, He was bullied as a youngster because he's a bit odd. So he doesn't want his son to go through the same thing. So he tries to do things, but he actually makes it worse. He actually makes it worse. And you're just there holding your head in your hands, going, oh, no, not again. But it is laugh-out-loud funny. I did find it funny. But like I say, the first couple of episodes – You're getting to know the character, so you're a bit annoyed by him and you're thinking, where's this going? And then it gets into its stride. And, and yeah, I did find it really funny. So that's called Avoidance. Have you ever seen him as a stand-up comic? Yes, twice. What was he like? Once he was okay. Another time he sort of went off on a tangent and and it was only the interval that saved us, really. He was going off on a – I think he just – because he had blibs a bit. I think he went off down a route he probably shouldn't have gone down and it all got – it wasn't funny. It was just a bit too political and not funny. Then there was the interval, and he, he sort of got back on track. I think he got back onto his script in the second half. So, um, and I've seen comedians. I've seen other comedians do that. Um, I've seen, you know, like I've seen Jack Dee, and I've seen I've seen him once and he laugh out loud. Another time he sort of went off down, and again he wasn't funny. And I just think it's sometimes they go down routes where you're thinking I'm just not finding this funny, and they sort of lock themselves in it down a corridor and they they struggle to get out so
0: does he bring that sort of persona into the series or is he trying to do a different character no he's i
1: think he's just doing a different character he's doing this character with you know no confidence and wants the best for his son and everything and but he's just he can't face up to people and he can't make decisions and he's yeah yeah, he's just a wet blanket really but it's it's funny it is funny to watch yeah there's another one on my list yep i think that's good one I'm sure you'll watch because it was a while back now. I've watched it since the last recording was the next series of Inside Number Nine, which I know you're big fans of.
2: Yeah, I actually
1: quite liked this one, but I especially liked the Wise Owl one based on the seventies like information shorts you used to get, like the the Charlie Says type things. I did really like that one because it had a dark twist to it, and I do I do like it when they when they're sort of funny and you think, "Where well, are they going with this? And then there's like a really dark moment and they're, they're my favourite ones. So, um, yeah, they were hit and miss. problem is they've done a lot now, haven't they? If you think this, how many series there's been.
0: Seven series so far. Funny story with Wiseau, my son and his partner were here and she'd never seen it before. And I said, oh, have a look at it because it's not been so dark, this series. You hit the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, have a look at this. This would be great. And then you think, oh, thinking, shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but that said, she was going to go off and check some because everything's on iPlayer. So I said, Oh, well go check this, this, and this episode out. I didn't think the series gelled as much as others. And the first time ever with Inside Number Nine, I got a twist within a couple of minutes. And that was the teacher, the replacement teacher. And I thought, I know where this is going and I know the film uh-huh. it's going to reference. Oh, okay. And it, it went straight down that path.
1: Okay. Um, I probably didn't get it as quick as you are. I was probably about halfway through before I worked it out. So but.
0: No, there were there were little things. And with the drawings as well, I'm thinking, yeah, I know exactly where this is going. But I will say that is the only time I've ever second guessed, because they're usually one step ahead of you. They know what you think the twist is going to be. So yeah. they'll pull a twist within a twist on you. Yeah, that wasn't my finest hour showing that. I said, oh, it's, it's not been too bad, this series. It's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, the one I love is the one where it keeps going back 10 minutes and, and like, <laughs> oh, yeah. each one ends with, like, as another body falls out of the cover, Agatha Christie style. Then it goes back 10 minutes to see how it got to that point.
1: Uh, <laughs> I
0: thought that was brilliant. <laughs> That's clever. Yeah, I oh, know. They, they are really, really good. Uh, another winner deck. And, uh, yeah, for anybody out there who hasn't seen Inside Number Nine, every episode is on iPlayer. It is a treat.
1: So I caught a couple of uh, drama series on the BBC. One of them I thought was very good, and I would recommend it, and it was called Sherwood. It's not based on, but it's it references a true story where somebody was killing people with a bow and arrow up up in Nottingham. It's sort of loosely based on that. There's no direct correlation. It's It's just... I think that headline inspired the writer to write this. It's got an absolutely fantastic cast, including David Morrissey, Leslie Manville, who's good in everything she does. The highlight I like for me was Adele Akhtar, a guy who, who was in Utopia, which was one of my favourite series from a few years back now, it must be about 10 years ago now. He plays a character that I won't give it away, but he sort of has a breakdown and he plays it so so realistically uh, unbelievably uh, uh, of a person whose you know world is just falling apart this is what the BBC I think does really well is a a gritty crime drama you know who's done it it's not a who done it, so you know who's done it but it's tr- the police are trying to find this person and you know they make some mistakes as, as they always do and they do some good things as well and it and it has flashbacks to events that happened in the miners strike so it sort of it, it flashes back to That era. So you see a lot of them when they were younger and then flashing back to where they are now. But I I thoroughly enjoyed this series. And I think if you want a sort of gripping drama to keep you entertained and warm over the winter, then uh, this is one to watch.
0: It looked good, just didn't catch up with it. So yet another
1: one on this ever growing list. I watched a bit more lighthearted, but I watched Life After Life, um, mainly because it was based on a Kate Atkinson novel that my wife had read. She said it was quite a good novel. So we decided to watch this. It stars the ever. Brilliant, Tomarson McKenzie. I think that's how you pronounce it. Tomarson McKenzie. That's it, who I think was, you know, she was brilliant in Leave No Trace, Jojo Rabbit, and yeah. Last Night in Soho. I just think she can't seem to do anything wrong at the moment. Yeah. And, and again, Leslie Manville, again, stars in this. And basically, the concept is a person like living their life over and over again. If they die, they then start again right from the start hmm. and they go through. It's quite an interesting concept. It's, it's fairly original. Yeah, I quite liked it. I thought it was entertaining enough. And again, I think those two stars are just watchable in anything they do. So it's worth it just to catch them. So I'm intrigued now. So you just keep reliving the same life? Yeah, but she sort of, she gets a feeling that, so when, let's say she dies because I won't give it away, but let's say she's hit by a train. I I just made that one up. So when she's reliving the life again, she'll get towards that bit where she's walking towards the track Mm. or something, and she'll get a funny feeling and just sort of stop. And then she doesn't die that moment and it carries on. And then something else will happen. And then again, it will go back to the start. And of course you, what you do see is you see the butterfly effect. You see, because she didn't die, it changes Mm. the people around her. So yeah. you see the impact it has. And also other events, she does She does manage to change certain events. I just found it interesting because it affects that, you know, that thing of if you turned left instead of right, how people around you yeah. were being affected and by slide,
3: it. And sliding
1: doors hard, like, sort of, of yeah, yeah, the sliding doors type thing, but done yeah. not quite as obviously as that. It was done a bit no. more sort of subtly, but I just quite liked it. And it went through obviously different time periods as she grew old mm-hmm. as well. So you obviously get to see that changes in costumes and stuff as they go through the different time periods. I just thought it was quite interesting. I thought it was very Mm -hmm. well done. There'll be one for you then, Graham.
2: Yeah, I've just written that down, life after life.
1: We watched this, there's actually three series of this on iPlayer. We've only actually watched the second series now because it's, um, so it's a French space drama. Um, I think I mentioned the first series uh, a long time ago um, on a previous podcast. It's very weird. It's very odd so hence the reason we can only really watch a series and then have to take a long break before watching the next one. It's sort of quite arty and uh, mysterious and weird things happen. They go to Mars in the first series and weird things start to happen. In this series, they sort of go back and, again, even weirder stuff starts to happen. And it has got tones of alien. It has got elements that they've they've taken from things like alien. It's It's not horror, don't worry. It's not like that. You don't... There's no scary moments. It's just, it's sometimes it's a bit mind-blowing. But we really quite like that because it's different. I think you get so used to, and, and I'll get onto this later in the podcast, you get so used to the same things being churned out over and over again, you know, slightly mm. different, of the same variation of the same sort of things on TV, much like at the cinema as well, that when you've watched something that that's, that's very original, it does, or it does me anyway, it, it grabs me grabs my attention because yeah. I'm thinking, I don't know where this is going. I can't predict this. It's not doing the things I normally expect in a TV programme. It's sort of, I think, oh, I've worked it out. And then it goes and does something. I go, well, no, no, I've gone again. And I like that part of it. I like that that unpredictability of it all. So if you want a sort of off-the-wall, weird, mysterious space drama, um, then it's Missions is the one for you. So it's called Missions. And the music is beautiful. I actually bought the soundtrack because the music is just... I just think, especially the, the opening track, I think is one of the best sort of TV soundtracks out there. Absolutely love it. So, Does, does it have a sort of Solaris vibe to it? Uh yeah, yeah, I suppose you could say it has that sort of vibe to it. Yes, I suppose you, that's probably the closest thing. I suppose if you yeah. mix Solaris with bits of Alien, but not the horror side, if you sort of I mean, landing on a planet and having to... Investigate it and find weird things. That's that side of alien, rather than the yeah you know, scary monsters bit. Um, oh, but yeah, no, definitely. Yet again, you've won me over, Dick. But there is three series. So I've still got another series to look forward to this winter. So, in some ways, it's the future as well as the past. Um, so that's the BBC. So I've caught quite a lot on that. Um, can, can I throw a
0: BBC one in there? I yeah, sure, please do. The Terror season two, Infamy, a ghost story around japanese internment camps in america during world war ii
2: there is something evil i can feel it we come all the way over the ocean but we are not safe you believe in the bakemono shape-shifting spirits you ever get the feeling you're being watched
0: it takes a real historical event, the internment, and then does this ghost story. The problem you've got is once you reveal what the ghost story is, and it's, it's very Japanese in that telling, but no supernatural horror can overcome what the Americans did to the American Japanese during World mm. War II. You know, the internment, they're taking all their possessions off them and giving yeah. them nothing back at the end, and the deaths that occurred there. That's the true horror. It's almost like if you try to do a ghost story in Auschwitz, it wouldn't work because the real horror outlays it. And that's the same with Infamy. It's good to look at, good cast. It just doesn't gel. You can't play around with that sort of history and layer this on top of it, unfortunately.
1: Moving on to some of my other streaming services. So on now TV, I watched the second season of Euphoria. I absolutely loved this first series. I thought the mix of camera work by Sam Levinson and, and the music and the way he uses soundtrack and that I thought was good. He went off after Euphoria and the, and the, the awards and things it got for that. He obviously went off and dabbled in uh, films, didn't have a huge amount of success. I think he's, back to his comfort zone with series two so it's it's back to him doing good stuff again not as impressive as the first series I don't think it's quite got the shock value of the first series because you've seen it before now but I still enjoyed it I found some of the story weaker than the first series I think I think the first series was was written as a complete thing and I don't think he expected them to want him to make a second series it felt like a complete thing so it does feel a bit like a bolt-on but I still enjoy watching his style the, the use of his camera and stuff that he does. You often say, Graham, that, you know, what music you listen to, it's, you know, if you've got, it, like I do, if you have your phone next to you, I shazam it if I sounds up like interesting, and that leads me to into new music because a bit like Tarantino did with his film, he brings in music that I'm not familiar with, but I think, well, that sounds interesting. I wonder what that is, and then I'll go and listen to back catalogs and things, but I still enjoyed it. Um, I think if you, if you love this first series as much as me, you probably already watched the second series. If you haven't watched either of them, I would say definitely watch the first one. And then if you like it, you could carry on with a second. But I would still recommend, as I have on a previous carry-on streaming, that series one of Euphoria is, is amazing. The other thing, I, it's had mixed reviews, the other thing I watched. I've talked to friends about this as well. It was The Midwich Cuckoos. Now, I really liked it, and I thought it was a really good modern adaptation of a story that we all know, and we've all seen various previous film and TV versions. But I actually thought they brought it up to date, and they explained quite well the, the reason why people couldn't leave you know that sort of thing I think they it all joined up it all sort of made sense and I thought I mean Max Beasley and Keely Hawes you know what you're getting with them they're, they're you know fairly they're fairly good actors but they're not out of this world but they're, they're good enough and I but I just thought it was quite a well-made adaptation and um, and it again it kept me gripped even though I know the story I think they did enough different to make me want to carry on watching it and see where it went.
2: Okay, I've just read three John Wyndham novels recently, and the Midwich Cuckoos being one of them. Um, and I listened to it on audiobook, and unfortunately, and this is going to seem a bit strange, it was narrated by Stephen Fry. Huh? And I was just listening to Stephen Fry do the Bertie Wooster stuff. Unfortunately, the policeman and the colonel and all those sorts of people in the Midwitch Cuckoos all sounded like characters out of Bertie Wooster. And it was like, oh, no, you're
1: ruining it. And then the third thing I watched on Now TV actually surprised me. It was Peacemaker. I watched it thinking oh, I wouldn't yeah. enjoy it because, as oh. you say, I've been drowning in superhero stuff. And I thought, well, I'll give it a go. Um, but actually, it was so bonkers. And it was mm. so weird. I actually really enjoyed it. James Gunn did it better here than he did in Suicide Squad. I think he. Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. I don't know whether he got more freedom or whether it's because he had longer to do it, but I actually think this is one of the best things he's done. Whereas, I mean,
3: Peacemaker in uh, Suicide Squad is a very sort of obvious character. Is is the killer? Yeah. It fleshes him out, and actually, I. I I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was hilarious. The dance at the beginning. Is yes. <laughs> it's yes. absolutely bonkers.
0: Have you seen all the places on YouTube where they copy the dance?
3: No. Have a oh, look at that. I just,
0: There's
1: gosh. really some really funny um, takeoffs <laughs> of the dance. Yeah, because yeah. normally you do that. Don't you normally when you watch something on streaming? You skip the intro, but I must admit that yeah. was one where I watched yeah. it every time because yeah. I just like watching yeah. the dance. I, and, it's, and his dad is just <laughs> terrible,
0: isn't yeah. he?
2: Yeah,
3: (laughs) Yeah, I thought the whole thing was absolutely brilliant. Words I don't normally
0: say, but I've got to uh, agree with Neil. I I thought, yeah, I thought it was excellent. It was very funny. It pushed the envelope. You're right, where Suicide Squad just went too barking mad. This seemed to take you gradually to where you wanted to go. And there's nice references at the end with the um, intergalactic cow or whatever it was to uh, Gunn's first film, Slither which is a really good, gory uh, horror movie. But everything about it, the performances were great. I've never really rated John Cena, uh, certainly as a, a comic actor before, no. but I thought he was excellent in this. The and I, whole
3: thing was yeah. great. I've dismissed him out of hand in everything he's been in, and then suddenly I've watched this thing, and I go, okay, fair enough. You do have an ability. But he's the, genuinely funny, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is. genuinely and, funny.
2: And it was so well plotted every episode you got another little bit of information another little bit until you get to that big scene i think it's the second from the last yeah where all the spaceships land and i thought wow okay now this has really gone in a direction i
1: didn't expect no indeed yeah so that was now tv on netflix um can i I just throw in quickly two on now tv yeah of course you can yeah go on
0: Interesting ends of the spectrum. The Staircase got a lot of really good reviews. Um, The True Story, funny enough, that uses a Netflix documentary. It's the Michael Peterson case starring Colin Firth and Tony Collette. Did he or did he not kill his wife? Uh, Spread over eight episodes. I just thought it was a little bit too long and a little bit self-indulgent. Firth was amazing. Playing it, completely immersed in the part of Michael Peterson, I just thought that w- that was really good. Tony Collette was good as well, but it's got a first-rate cast. I'm just looking down it now. You've got Sophie Turner, Dane DeHaan, Michael Stahlberg. Uh, you know, it's just great. But I familiar, mean, I watched
1: I watched the documentary on Netflix. Is it? Is it? Should I bother? Well, Netflix aren't happy with it
0: because yeah. it says some things went on behind the scenes that were manipulative, and it pulls pulls that across into it. You may get more out of it than I did because I didn't know the documentary and I didn't know, you know where the story was going. So you've got a grounding to start watching it that I didn't have, and I think it's aimed more at you than it is at me. My wife enjoyed it. The one, the standout for me was season three of Barry. So Bill Hader... Barry an assassin who's having a crisis of conscience although when we start season three he's back into the groove and he's doing hits for money again the first couple of episodes it finds its foot in but it it is incredible it, it deals with him it looks at how Hollywood is set up the uh, misogyny in Hollywood and the final episode of this series now I've not seen Breaking Bad but to me I can't believe, and bear in mind this is a comedy. I can't believe that Breaking Bad is as dark as this last episode. (laughs) There are moments in it that could come out of a horror film. Have you seen it yet, Graham?
2: Uh, um, Halfway through season two. Right, okay. We we got distracted and watched something else. But yes, thoroughly enjoyed it. The end of season, the cliffhanger at the end of season one was a bit a real. What?
0: Yeah. There's eight episodes of seasons, about twenty. Each one's about twenty five minutes long. I think this is right up your street. Everything about it. You've got Bill Hader, who's amazing, Anthony Carrigan, who plays this gay Russian uh, gangster, brilliant. Henry Winkler. You know, they're, they're just amazing. Uh, oh. Definitely well worth seeking out. And so, by the end of season three, the last couple of episodes in season three were brilliant. But that last episode. I've never seen a comedy go that dark, ever. So mm. far, my highlight of the year, actually.
1: Brilliant. Back to you, Dek. Yeah, so I didn't watch much on Netflix. Only a couple of things really grabbed me. Like everyone else, I watched series four of Stranger Things. Stranger Things is, is, has taken me on a weird journey. I think, like most people, I loved the first series and could not find fault with it at all. I think the second started to lose its way and the third lost its way a bit. What I like about the fourth series is it's gone back to horror and it's gone back to being scary really scary and i think it's using a lot of the again because it's set in the 80s it's using a lot of sort of 80s horror tropes but i just think it's some of the deaths are so gruesome and the whole ticking clocks thing just scares the heebie-jeebies out of me so i did enjoy a lot more from that point of view in that it really did scare me and uh, the thing i'm still trying to struggle with is obviously that the kids that i got to know and love are now teenagers and it's it's all weird because of course the actors have all grown up and and you know it's fair enough but it, it's weird because i loved those when they were kids i you know i thought yeah really good so it's a, it's a bit weird adjusting to that but, uh, but yeah, it's a good enough ride. I'm not sure I like the way that they have split the episodes up into, like, some of them are like films almost. They're like two hours long. And other times they're short episodes, and it's just really weird. It's not consistent. So if you've continued to stick with Stranger Things, I'll definitely watch Series 4 if you've got through 2 and 3. But um, be prepared for being a bit scared. That's all I would Well, say.
0: That, that makes me fascinated to wonder if either Graham or Neil have seen it.
2: I've seen no. 1 and 2, and I got so fed up with 2. But well, I didn't continue on. I thought, oh, no, I gave up. So maybe I should have persevered.
3: I watched one and thought, and heard the reviews for two, and just thought, no, I'll, I'll keep them.
1: Keep the memories of one <laughs> yes. intact. Yeah, I, think that, I mean, I think that's sensible in some ways because I think one is a is a very on its own is a oh, very good mm. um, yeah. But I think. With four, I'm not sure you got you, Neil or Graham. You, you should watch this, honestly. But, um, <laughs> but I think, from personally, from my point of view, it, I, it's very rare I see something that I think is is that creepy. Mm. So I enjoyed it from that point of view.
2: I watched the extended scene with the uh, Kate Bush song in it. So I saw the monster uh, trying to strangle the girl and things like that, and it looked really, really good. So I might, I might go back and do four.
1: And the other silly little thing I watched on Netflix was the Rowan Atkinson slapstick comedy, Man vs. B. There's only 10 episodes, I think, isn't there? only 10 minutes long, so you can watch it all in one go if you want to. I tended not to. I tended to watch one or two at a time. If you're a fan of slapstick, if you like you know, good old-fashioned slapstick, this is it. It's predictable, like slapstick always is, isn't it? You can see it coming, you know it's coming, and you end up shouting at the screen because... You know, it's like the plank of wood when they turn around, isn't it? The famous slap. Like, you know mm-hmm. it's going to happen, but you still laugh at it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it from that point of view. Some of the decisions the character makes did frustrate me a bit, but I just went with it and it was silly. And Rowan Atkinson did a really good job, I think. He pulled it off much more preferable than, than Mr. Bean. So I quite enjoyed it.
2: All oh, right, I'll give that. It keeps coming up on my, you, you would like this. Yeah, I didn't yeah.
1: realise it was only 10 minutes long. Yeah, it's yeah. quite good because if you're like me, sometimes you watch something and it's like it's not, not quite late enough, but you don't want to start watching something that's an hour long. It's quite good because you can watch one and it sort of makes you laugh before you go to bed or whatever, and you can maybe watch a second one if you want to, but you, it's only 20 minutes, so you can, you're, still, you're not, you not know, yeah. staying up late and getting too tired. It's just a, a good filler. It's a nice little filler.
3: So. Mm, okay. Can I add a, a Netflix one? Sure. It's called The, the Spider's Web. Britain's Second Empire. It's a documentary on Netflix. And it's about where the money goes and how many trillions are hidden. And the instigator and the main protagonist in this theft is basically the city of London, how they put their money away. It's one of those ones, as as Dex said, you shout at the TV. I was horrified. And it's, it's a really stark reminder of just what's happening. And is it just the UK or is it the world? Is
1: it around the world? Or
3: Well, it eventually extends everywhere, obviously. A huge amount comes out of the Panama Papers and what actually is happening. If you want to be scared stiff and, and really quite irritated, yeah, I would recommend this. Uh, we probably should watch it anyway, just to see what so happens. So it's called
1: The Spider's Web, is it, did you say?
3: It's The Spider's Web, Britain's Second Empire.
1: And because so sometimes with Netflix they get criticised for sensationalising things, so do you feel they didn't, that this has been? Didn't, do you feel have like, they didn't have to. Didn't have to. Okay.
3: No, there's stuff in going on in Guernsey that is, is is almost scary, but it's all come from basically the Panama Papers, and they're slowly sifting through all these things, and
1: everybody you can imagine is involved all right on amazon prime i only watched one so, thing. sorry Jack. sorry Nick. can i, I just throw netflix. another
0: netflix in yeah i've got uh, another dozen,
3: dozen uh korean series to add yeah i know but okay i won't you you could talk about
0: it we'll just cut it out um <laughs> graham won't record it <laughs> no so uh the lincoln lawyer season one on uh-huh. netflix the lincoln lawyer
3: that what they call you some do yes why
2: they worked out of my car
3: but that's not why you're here. Jerry Vincent left you his practice, including the Trevor Elliott trial.
0: It's that guy who killed his wife and her boyfriend. Allegedly. Ten episodes. I got Graham to watch it. It stars... So there was, it was a film a few years ago starring... Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I remember the film. Yeah, um, yeah based on a series of books by Michael Connolly. But in this... TV version, Manuel Garcia Rolfo is taking the main part as the Lincoln lawyer, Mickey Haller. I'd only seen him in the Magnificent Seven remake a few years ago, which I thought he was good at. He's really, really good in this. It's it's a great cast. He's basically a lawyer who's been out of the game because he had an accident and become addicted to drugs. Om- Omnicotton, funnily enough, based on what we spoke about last time. Uh, he's overcome that. And as the series starts, another lawyer is murdered, and he leaves his whole practice to Mickey Haller. So it's Haller's chance to get back into the game. So he's got to hit the ground running and sort start sorting out these cases that were part of the way through. But in the middle of all this is one big case about a web designer who's about to go on trial for murdering his wife and her lover. And it's a case of, you know, are they innocent or guilty? Can Halla deal with this? And then there's other things start happening around him over the 10 episodes. Uh, it's really good. Shout out to people like Becky Newton, who plays his second ex-wife, who's now his secretary. Angus Simpson, who plays Cisco, a private investigator. It's It's just a tremendous... Uh, really well-worked series, and they know how to do cliffhanger endings for each episode because it's very difficult to get to the end of episode and not just start the next one off to see exactly what happens. Graham's
2: watched it as well. Uh, your view, Graham? Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, it's They really know how to do endings. Every single episode ends on a cliffhanger, and you're left going... Oh, what time is it? Should we go to bed? Uh, Come on. What's the next 10 minutes?
3: Um, Half one. Oh, we'll do another one. (laughs) It's all right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Really, really good. Everybody in it's brilliant. But, you know, most of these lawyer things, you, you get a sense of where it's going. Not this one. It is so well done. You've got all the information, but you just don't put it together.
3: Very clever. Very clever. I have watched it, I think. It keeps coming up on my I don't think lives. I've watched all of it. I don't think I've watched all of it, um, but I'll oh, go back to it. One I'll one watch one. the rest. Haller, Mickey Haller. The yeah. guy playing Mickey Haller is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. But, no, I think you'll get a real kick out of it, Dak. Yeah, it, do, it does keep – obviously, Netflix thinks I should watch it because it keeps popping up as, you know, recommendations. Yeah. So. so Amazon Prime, there's only one thing I watched on Amazon Prime, and it's because I love it and I'm still continuing to love it, is season three of The Boys. And I don't know whether you've watched it yet, Jeff because I did tell you last time to watch it after I watched season 2 it's carrying on again it's it's still the most vulgar humour dark superhero thing on telly still doesn't fail to shock think oh my god yeah. am I really watching this on a streaming service and it's actually legal and I'm not doing anything bad by watching this because you feel like you shouldn't be watching it Um, yeah it's incredible how, it, how, how this stuff ends up on TV I don't know well, well, I eventually got to the
0: end of season one, and I was trying to watch it on a train journeys and I've had to give up doing
1: that and watch it at home.
2: <laughs> it it will very be, what the he watching? Oh, yeah.
1: grief! Yeah, yeah. You'd want someone to read... sat next to you on a train catching glimpses of that, thinking, "What yes. is he watching?"
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've read the graphic novels, and they're
2: they're oh, all the like, graphic novels. Yeah, I'm uh, well, yes, but they're this almost weird, like, yeah.
1: Finally, this was mentioned on one of your other review shows from one of your other guests, I think. One of the best things I've watched in the last three, four months on Apple TV was Slow Horses um, with with Gary Oldman um, leading a team of reject spies, basically, and it was fantastic. And and the reason it's fantastic is the writing, and the reason the writing is so good is – my wife went and bought the book straight after watching the series and read wow. the book and said, yeah, you can it's and she's going to go out and buy more of the books now. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I've had to, you know, I'll get onto this later because of uh, the cost of living and everything. I've had to reduce some of my streaming. And unfortunately, Apple was one of the victims. I've had to stop for the time being, but I will definitely resubscribe when series two comes out just to watch that, even if I only subscribe for a month, I will definitely watch it for that. Um,
0: I, uh, very shortly, I will give you another reason to subscribe to Apple, but we'll, I'll save that till we speak about what's
1: coming out. If you can get Apple TV or you want to try it for a month, um, it's worth it just for watching Slow Horses. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then on to Disney. Now, I think Disney, you know what you're going to get when you watch Disney. I've learned that now over the last few months is you get too much Marvel series. They're, 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 they're bringing out too many. I think they're not giving you enough time to enjoy the one you've just watched. I think they, mm. this is the problem. I think it's happening in the cinema as well. They're not, when it was like one a year, you could watch one and you could sort of enjoy it by thinking about it for the next 12 months and, and get excited for the next one. Now they're coming out so frequently. You don't have time to, Enjoy it and savor things, and it's happening with the TV series as well. I have reduced my and the, and the same with the Star Wars as well. I, I, again, when it first the Star Wars type series, when they first spin spin-offs when they first started doing it, it was good. Now there's just too many, and I think it's just getting. I'm over a. I haven't got time, and b. It's just too much. I I don't want to just watch Star Wars continuously all the time. I need a break, and then you yeah. find out you've got a backlog, and it's just too much to watch. But I must recommend Disney for making Mrs. Marvel. Um, I actually really f- enjoyed the fact that they used a uh, an Asian family and oh,
2: Miss Marvel.
1: Yeah, Miss sorry, Miss Marvel. Um, that is it is very funny in places. Yes, it's isn't very it? funny, and I, they didn't hold back and they didn't whitewash it. I don't think I I got the feeling that it was made with with people who knew and understood the families that exist, mm. the, the Asian families that exist in America, and the things they have to deal with. And I thought it did that and it was hilarious. The only thing was that I was di- disappointed was is right at the start, uh, the first sort of two, three episodes, they used a really good effect. They used text messages and stuff like in comic drawn over the top of the filming. It wasn't wholly animated, but they, it was a really clever way of, you know, she was thinking something or whatever. They would like draw, not, not like a bubble, but you know, they would that sort of thing on it. And I thought it worked really well. And, and that's what made the first sort of two, three episodes really enjoyable. But then they sort of stopped doing that and then just became a normal Marvel programme. And they sort of, they lost in the second half of the series, they lost a lot of that. And it was a shame because I was really enjoying the, the family dynamics, the relationship with her mum and her dad and her brother and, and whole family dynamics and the whole, you know, expectations on the mother was very protective and all that stuff. And I, I really enjoyed that. But I think at the end, that it just became another superhero one. And it was a shame, really. I think they missed an opportunity to... I don't know whether they didn't want to stretch it out. I don't know. But it, you just felt that they didn't get the depth of character. They just resorted to fight scenes and all the usual stuff you get with Marvel, which is a shame. It's worth watching it for the first sort of three episodes anyway, I think.
2: It didn't grab me. I thought it was a bit too teenager-ish.
1: Yeah. There in
2: a that. Thing. But I might go back and have another go at it. There's, I'm watching She-Hulk at the minute. I watched the first one of that. And I liked the actress. She was fantastic in Orphan Black, was it?
1: Oh, it's the actress, the main actress from Orphan Black? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, she was good in that, yeah.
2: she's uh, And she's in this, and I, I like her a lot. And I thought, right, I'll watch that. And she's very funny. And I don't know how they got away with it inside of um, the Marvel Universe, as it was. Sorry, Jeff. They have a, a running gag about is Captain America a virgin? in the first episode,
0: which is quite fun. Tell me, Graham, what does the Marvel
1: Kool-Aid taste like? <laughs> Moving away from Star Wars and Marvel, if you love it, Disney's the place for you, but um, it, is, it is overloaded now. Moving back to some more of the free services, so um, all four, which you know is totally free if anyone's strapped for cash, has some good stuff on it. I caught the last series of Derry Girls, I really enjoyed this series at the start, but I think it sort of ran out of jokes in the last, yes. probably the last two series. Um, I, had, I wanted to watch it because it was the last one and it was um, quite a nice way to finish things. It was emotional at times. It was reflecting on coming out of the, the troubles. But uh, so it was a good good place to finish the series. Um, but I just think a lot of the jokes had already been done and there wasn't any new material. It's, this is always the problem with long running series, isn't it? its that very difficult to to keep it going. Um, but I I think Derry Girls is still an enjoyable series, still worth watching. Yeah. Um, the other one that I sort of reasonably enjoyed, but probably more from an interest level than anything else, was The Undeclared War. So this is um, set at our local establishment down the road, um, GCHQ, and uh, 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 yeah. si- stars Simon Pegg. The production levels aren't great. It's, it's, it's not brilliantly made and I thought the lead actress wasn't strong enough I thought to to carry it she 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 was okay but what I quite liked about it was um, it's set only in the in the near future 2024 and it is scarily believable what could happen and it and that's what I quite liked about it it's sort of especially with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine at the moment it was this is what could happen and some of the politicians involved as well that you could sort of see the way that we could end up in a complete mess. And, and from that point of view, I think it was quite interesting to see that what a cyber attack could do to the country and how we could try and get out of it and how things could escalate. And I thought from that point of view, it was, it was interesting. But I think if it was a book, it would probably be a lot more enjoyable. Ooh, I recorded them all, so I got that to watch. Yeah. So I'll be interested to know what you think. But I, I, I mean, like I say, I don't think it was the best made program or acted program, but it still kept me, entertained enough, and scary. The other thing um, on ITV Player, which again is another free one, is I watched The Thief, His Wife and the Canoe, which starred the brilliant Eddie Marsden.
3: I'm going to fake my death, so you will be able to claim life insurance. What in God's name do you think it
0: would
1: do to our family to actually think you were dead?
3: I think they'd be upset for a few weeks and then they'd get over it.
1: Please, please. I think my husband might be missing. I'm
3: standing now outside this residence of the Lone Canoeist. John Darwin. Where's the last place anyone
2: would ever think
1: of looking? Based on the true story of a man who uh, tried to vanish to uh, claim life insurance, got his wife in on it sort of thing. His wife is superbly played by um, Monica Doolan. And again, you can't ever fault Eddie Marston. But I thought it was a really really compact nice little uh I think three parts i think it was three episodes um told the story and it's also also worth i mean i think it's still on there but it was also worth watching the documentary afterwards and then seeing the real people they portrayed because it makes you realize oh my gosh they actually did a really good job of portraying these people it's an interesting little true story and and quite fascinating really so yeah
0: I, to this day and spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen it I still find it astonishing that she got the longer prison sentence than he did.
2: He did the act, but she took the money.
1: It does sort of explain it if you watch that. It does sort of it explains it legally and it also explains sort of why you could sort of understand why in some ways. Because he was just, it was his, you know, it was his idea and he actually, you know, did it, but she was almost more at fault because she wasn't doing it, but she went along. So it was, yeah, it was. It sort of makes sense when you watch it. Okay. So that's my roundup. It's it's limited because it's been the summer and I've had holidays. I think that's uh,
0: I think yeah. that's uh,
1: a fairly hefty lot there, Deck. Mm. 20,
2: 23 programs
1: recommended. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, um, yes. What have we so, got to look forward to next, I wonder?
0: Well, I've got a quick question for you on that, Deck, with what's coming up. Are you Team Dragon or Team Rings of Power? Probably neither actually
1: i'm probably team willow but that's 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 probably uh, good answer yeah, yeah um right, because okay. the other two i'm team dragon i think you're just gonna and the reviews have said this i haven't watched it yet but it sounds like it's going back to replicate the first series of game of thrones um get back to the political intrigue and the sex and away from the supernatural side of it and i so i think they identified that from what people said about game of thrones and i think they've uh, they've done quite a good job by all accounts, but I haven't watched it yeah. yet.
0: Yeah, the the production values are good. Um, I think Matt Smith and Paddy Constantine, you know, they they walk away with the acting on so honors. Mm-hmm. I understand walk- that when you get to because it takes place over a thirty year period. At halfway through the series, they swap actors around. Some reviewers, I haven't got that far, but some reviewers have found that quite disconcerting.
2: I watched it yesterday, and I I thought it was very good. It's yeah, it's very generic. Game of Thrones, you know, there's dragons, there's castles, and there's sort of lots of sigils and people jousts and things like that. But yeah, it's it was a basically an establishing where who everybody is sort of opening, and it and it worked quite well. And there is a couple of horrendous scenes in it. So
0: oh, there's one there's that's a, absolutely disgusting.
2: And there's a couple of other scenes which
1: I find quite disturbing. And in terms of Team Rings, um, I think the second trailer's got me more interested than the first one did, than the initial one. I think yeah, it's it dropped a new
2: trailer today.
1: So I am probably slightly... I probably will watch Rings before I watch Dragon.
0: Elijah's just chomping at the bit for it.
2: He's <laughs> just so excited for, um, yeah, oh. the Rings power. Not true. God blame me. He is so worried about it. So worried that they're going to just mess all the lore up and get everything wrong.
1: Yeah, no, I can understand that. It'll be intriguing to see what happens. But but yeah, on, Dis- on Disney Plus, Willow's out on the 30th of November. And I am quite excited about that. It, it's definitely more their target market because it is more younger audience, the whole Willow concept. So it probably will be more more light entertainment than the others, they realise that's their target market and I think it will do really well. Uh, and it will be nice to have something different to watch. Yes. To be honest. And the only other things that I've got on my list, to, because like I said, like I say, I think all the streaming services, or, well, the big ones, so the, as you say, the, the Sky Now TV has, has have done it all on the Dragon. Uh, Prime has gone for the Rings um, and Disney's gone for loads of Marvel and Star Wars and now Willow. I couldn't find much. I was trying to find other stuff, around that noise but i couldn't because the noise was so big on those things it seemed to drown out everything else whether they've just plowed all their money into those series and, and there's nothing else so i had to look at netflix because netflix don't where they're missing out is they haven't got a a big massive release coming out that i could find so i found the one that really interests me is the cabinet of curiosities which is going to be released on the four days building up to halloween so it's going to start on the 25th of october and it's going to be part of a big Halloween event on Netflix. So I think I'm quite excited about that. Um, and I think it's something different. Mm. And I think it'd be interesting that Netflix have lost a lot of uh, subscribers recently, mm. um, and they haven't got these big money sellers like the others have. But I actually think they could benefit from it because they could, when people start to look, when especially if money's tight and you're thinking about which streaming service I'm going to go for, I think Netflix has more variation on it. It hasn't, like Disney, focused on one thing. It, you have got a breadth ranging from, you know, horror and animation to comedy and and you know old classics as well. And, and they've got a good range. They're bringing out a lot of rubbish as well, and I think that's the shame. I, I think if they could slow down and make it easier to, for you to find the good stuff, hmm. just every time you go on Netflix now, there's more new releases, and a lot of them are not good if you're one of those people that reacts to every time you see a new advert you're going to get very despondent because you're going to watch something that's rubbish yeah. I think if they could look at it and say okay let's just concentrate on like advertising one good thing every couple of weeks just and, and make sure it is a good thing not just the latest thing I think they'd do better
0: We'll talk more on Halloween but their lineup for Halloween as you say I mean that show you just spoke of uh, that's Guillermo del Toro yeah. they've got Wednesday, the Adams family spin-off, that's Tim Burton. And you've got the Munsters, Rob Zombie. So you've got, you know, three icons in the horror field doing these specials for Halloween. So I, I think that's where they could really score because you know, by Halloween, if you look at it, Rings of Power and House of the Dragon will have finished. And I think Netflix could sweep in at that point and, and score quite highly. Over that holiday period, but we'll
1: speak more about that in the, the um, Halloween Carry On streaming. Other than that, guys, I mean, in terms of other future thing, there's a lot of the same again. So if you if you listen to any previous any of my previous Carry On streaming, pretty much most of the series I've mentioned before have got new series out. So there's a new Ted Lasso coming out. There's a new Cobra, another Cobra Kai coming out. There's you know the list is continuous of basically I was trying to look for new things. To tell you guys about mainly i found another season of something that i've already watched if you sort of mean it's just they're building on stuff that's been a success before i think all the streaming platforms that you know when they get a successful series they quickly pay for a second one and you're getting a lot of that now you're getting a lot of repetition now which is why it's very difficult to find new and original stuff
0: i just want to throw one in we spoke about apple and i said There's one other reason for Apple TV, and it's a show, Blackbird, written by Dennis Lehane, starring Taron Egerton. And it's based on a true story of a guy who come from a police family but got involved in drugs, made a very successful career until he got caught, ends up on a 10-year prison sentence, and they offer him a deal. You know, They've got a serial killer in another prison, maximum security. If you go in there, you get him to tell you where the bodies are buried, We'll commute your sentence completely, and you'll walk. And like Dennis Lehane, who wrote, you know, Mystic River, yeah, Gone
2: Baby Gone, yes. Gone Baby
0: Gone, which is an amazing film. But but Lehane's writing it's it's really moral and dealing in you know the criminal milieu, and I I think it's it's just brilliant. So when you go back for Slow Horses too, go back for this one as well. I don't think you will be disappointed. I'm halfway through it at the moment. Obviously. This is going to be um, a tough winter for a lot of people. We've already spoken about, you know, dropping streaming services. A lot of people are doing that. They're going back to the more free-to-air services now. What are your thoughts on all of that? And have you got any hints and tips for people on that deck?
1: I've got a lot, actually. And I've done quite well myself out of this. um, So I thought I'd want to share some of my experiences. I don't think you should ever, if possible, Pay the full price for a streaming service if you if it's possible to avoid it. Nearly all of them I found offers at various times. To start with, um, obviously, if you've got a TV license, which most people have, then you've got the BBC iPlayer, you've got the iTV Hub, you've got all four, and you've got My5. And there is quite a lot of decent stuff on all of those four streaming services. I I would rate iPlayer and All4 as probably two of the better ones, but even on My5, you can, if you look hard enough, you can find some good stuff. So If all else fails, I would say, you know, if if you're struggling and you cancel all your other ones, then you'll still have plenty and plenty of stuff, some of which we've recommended tonight on on those streaming services. If you're really struggling and you can't even afford a TV license, there are some free streaming services that have got some pretty good stuff on as well. I'll just name them just so that people can do their own research if they want to. Uh, There's Pluto TV. There's Plex. There's uh, Zumo, spelt with an X, X X-U-M-O. And there's Canopy. And they've got some pretty good stuff on there. Again, you have to hunt around; some of it's old stuff. And then Amazon do a free free V, so free V double E. Um, you don't need Prime to watch this. There are adverts, obviously. That's how they play TV. But on there, for example, it's the whole of the West Wing, which you know is a quality series, and it's yeah. completely free. So, you know, if you are really struggling, there is plenty of decent stuff. It might just take a bit more looking around, but there is plenty of decent stuff that you can watch for free. So that's the, the, the obvious one. Um, then going into each individual streaming service, Apple, if you've not been before, there's a seven-day free trial. So you could watch Slow Horses in those seven days easily. Um, <laughs> if you're buying an Apple product, quite often they run a promotion, which at the moment yes. is a 3 months free trial. So if you, yep. if you know you're going to be or you happen to recently bought an Apple product, you can get an extended trial for that. Apple's not too bad actually. It's four ninety nine a month. It's one of the cheapest ones. Yeah, um, and you yeah. can
3: get six months worth of uh, EE or BT if you're renewing your your uh, phone. Yeah, yeah, there are offers yeah. everywhere. These... More. There's loads of stuff around. Just have to hunt around. Same with Disney.
1: Yeah. So uh, Netflix is the only one I couldn't find. It's six ninety nine for the basic plan. I couldn't find any offers anywhere on that one. Six ninety nine is not bad if 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 that's the one you're going for. Now TV is advertised at nine ninety nine a month. I have never paid nine ninety nine months. For no, me neither. Never. I think if you do, if you if you get on their list, um, so if you find an offer and they are around, they do they do advertise them for both the TV packages or the film. You can I sometimes switch between the two. Is once they've got you, they will constantly send you offers like reductions. I get them all the time. You know, I haven't. I cancelled my film one, and I every so often I'll get one saying, "Oh, do you want to?" stream films for a pound a month or something. So you can you can be quite crafty and they, they will chase after you. Um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think you should ever pay full price. You will always find a discount. You just have to hunt around. Amazon Prime is $7.99 a month. You can save if you do the whole year because you, um, you get it for uh, $79 for the whole year. So you do get a, a minor discount there if you wanted to. It's got a 30-day free trial. So that's got a really long free trial. So if you did just want to watch Rings, you wait until they've all come out, you could probably watch it all in the 30 days. If you know anyone in your household that's going to become a student, Amazon do some great deals with students. You can get like six months free and then you get 50% after that for the length of your course, I think, while you're still at university. So yeah, if you're a student and you want to, if you're just about to start university, hang on and then take, take advantage of the student offer. I mean, Amazon Prime have got quite a good model because their model is different to everyone else's because they don't make their money from streaming. They make their money from you shopping. So if you join Amazon for the TV, you get the free delivery. Therefore, they expect you to buy more. So their whole model is is different from everyone else in that they're making the money from you shopping, not from you watching telly. It's just it's a way it's a way in for them. And you'll see subscriptions go through the roof just before Christmas. That's the, that's why they release things like rings now, is because they want to get you on Prime so that you go, Oh, I've got free delivery, it's Christmas coming up. I'll spend loads on it. I'll buy all my Christmas presents on Amazon. And then they've got you. It's a different model, but there are savings. Disney Plus, again, it's $7.99 a month. Again, you can save if you do the whole year for $79.90. So that's a 15% saving. There are offers around at the moment with uh, Samsung Galaxy. If you happen to buy one of those, you get 12 months free. O2, have got a couple of offers. I think existing customers get like a discount. If you're a new customer for O2, you get six months free. I think if you're about to book a Disneyland Paris holiday, there's an offer on the back of that. And then the one I use um, is the Tesco's Club Card one. So if you happen to shop at Tesco's and you get Club Card points and you're not sure what to spend it on, it's normally £8 for three months of Disney, which works out two pounds something a month and every now and again they do an offer where it's only six pounds so basically i took advantage of that and at the moment i've got three months subscription that's i think i've got about another month i probably won't renew it after that but i've got another month left and i had it for two pounds a month so again didn't pay anywhere near the full price
3: and money saving expert has loads of these things on there as well yeah if you
1: want to be kept up to date with the latest and because some of these will go out of date as, as Neil said, money-saving expert is a really good place to get a lot of this information. Yep. Good website, yeah. yeah. Um, Paramount Plus is the new <laughs> one, uh, which has come out at six ninety nine a month, or again, £69.90 for the whole year. There's not a lot on Paramount Plus at the moment, but that may grow over time. There's a seven-day free trial, so you could dabble if you wanted to in Paramount Plus. And at the moment, you can extend that to 30 days if you use the code SHORE, S-H-O-R-E, or Nachos, they've released these codes because to back a couple of series they've released. But again, use Google, use Martin Lewis, and you can find these codes and extend your trial if you wanted to go for Paramount And then there are also some other fairly cheap ones. So if you're into horror, uh, Shudder is quite a good offer. It's only three ninety nine a month, and again, there's a seven day trial, so you could use the seven day trial, see if there's any horror stuff on there that you're interested in, and then potentially just pay three ninety nine around Halloween to watch stuff there if you wanted to. And then Stars Play is another one that's only five ninety nine a month, uh, but that, likewise, you get quite often get offers for only $1.99 a month um, for three months and things like that. So I think all in all, if you're struggling this winter uh, with the cost of living but you still want to watch some TV, you've got a combination of free stuff on there, free available stuff, or lots of discounts to watch some of the bigger streaming services cheaper than the full price. Yeah, I think we're all going to be hit, aren't we? Yep. Badly.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've already, as I say, I've already dropped Apple. I'm going to probably drop Disney. I probably won't mm. bother with that um, and yeah, just try yeah, and narrow too. it down because there's just too much. And you're yeah, not paying too much. Yep. Yeah. True. Well, that was fantastic.
0: Oh, thank you, Deck. Anything else?
1: Thank you, Deck. No, that's everything from me. Thank you. Thanks, guys.
0: Well, that mm. was... Uh... Yeah, a phenomenal amount there as well. So, And a public information f- podcast as well. Public information. <laughs> and we'll be back for a Halloween special. And obviously we've hinted at some of the things we're going to talk about. But, yeah, I'm sure Deck will find some more there. And it'll mm. be an interesting chat then. Back for the spooky season, Neil's favourite time of year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: Deck, that, <laughs> that's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you very much for that at the end. Uh, I Mm. I think uh, a lot of people will benefit from that. Cheers Enjoy the autumn. Thanks guys (laughs) and uh, yeah I'll see you for the next Carry On streaming later in the year.
2: Brilliant. Cheers guys. thanks,
3: Thanks Dave.